All right, welcome into another episode of Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. I'm your host, Cash, recording this here on uh, January 20th, 2020. On today's episode, we're going to get into some more news updates, our first trade update of the offseason, and my tight end one breakdown. Let me just remind all you viewers and listeners to hit subscribe and click the bell to get any notifications of any new episodes as soon as they come out. Um... I look forward to getting to some listener emails in the future. Haven't gotten any yet. If you guys want to send any in for any questions, comments, or suggestions, please send all emails to dynastybreakdownwithcash at outlook.com. That's dynastybreakdownwithcash at outlook.com. All right, let's get into the news. All right, we have a few orders of business here as there's uh this is hiring season in the NFL right now. We're filling some head coaching positions, OC, DC positions. Let's get into it. First one here we got the Detroit Lions have a, uh, have hired Saints top assistant Dan Campbell as their new head coach. It's uh, considered to be a very exciting hire as uh, trying to get away from the Belichick tree and the Patriots way, which has not been working for Detroit. So... They're going with the, the jacked-up Dan Campbell as their new head coach. With them coming from the Saints is uh, their defensive back coach, Aaron Glenn, who's coming on as uh, Campbell's defensive coordinator. Uh, both, are both, con- both are considered to be uh, good and exciting hires. Let's see if Detroit can finally get something right for once because they've been stuck in the mud for feels like Stafford's whole career. All right, next hire... The Atlanta Falcons have hired Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith as their new head coach. At only 38 years old, he's another young mind coming into his own. Uh, He's going to be calling his own plays. And uh, it's also considered a good and exciting hire with uh, what he did to rejuvenate Ryan Tannehill's career and uh, balance their attack with the pass and the run with King Henry in Tennessee. Um, Atlanta also made another hire, Terry Fontenot, as their new GM. He spent the last 18 years with New Orleans, and it looks like he'll be the man that's going to be tasked with finding Matty Ice's replacement. Uh, The third head coach that was hired since my last episode, the LA Chargers have hired LA Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their new head coach. He has uh, one year of uh, DC experience with the Rams last year, another young hire at only 38 years old. This is going to be his uh, first uh, head coaching shot. Uh, Let's see what he can do. Uh, In his one year as DC with the Rams, he did take their defense from number 17 in scoring defense to number one. Uh, Hopefully he can do something with the Chargers because that seemed to be a major issue last year. And he does have some good young pieces like Ingram and um, uh, who's the other guy they got? Ingram and Gordon on uh, the defensive side of the ball. Not Gordon. Somebody else. Screwed that one up. That's okay. We're going to move on. Next uh, new hire, 
San Francisco 49ers have promoted run game coordinator Mike McDaniel to offensive coordinator. Uh, they lost their offensive coordinator in uh, one of the hires that I brought up last uh, episode. He did uh, run a good uh, run game considering all the injuries they had this year. Um, once again, only 36 years old. That seems to be the theme, which I personally, I think it's a good idea as opposed to all these 50, 60, 70-year-old retreads that I don't think are the way to go in uh, today's new young game of uh, high-flying attacks. So we'll see what Mike McDaniel can do uh, with his new role as OC of the Niners. And the last new hire we got for today, Pittsburgh Steelers have promoted uh, quarterback coach Matt Canada to uh, OC. Another younger hire, he's only 48 years old, uh, being promoted from quarterback coach to OC. Hopefully he can maybe get along a little better with uh, the rapist because uh, sounded like him and uh, former OC Randy Fitchner didn't really see eye to eye and uh, Big Ben was calling a lot of uh, his own plays. So hopefully him and uh, former quarterback coach Matt Canada can be on a little bit of a better page if the rapist decides to come back next year. Uh, that does it for the hires for today. Next, uh, we're going to get into some retirement news. After a pretty phenomenal 17-year career, Philip Rivers, the P River, has decided to shut it down. Played 16 years with the Chargers this last season with Indianapolis. Retires as an eight-time Pro Bowler. And he's number five in pass completions pass yards, and passing touchdowns. Don't know how much of a debate it is. Looks like he should uh, have his ticket to Canton in a few years. Hall of Fame bound. That's it for the retirement news for today. Now, let's get into our first trade update of the offseason. Alrighty. Breaking the seal in the offseason, our first trade is between Rain Man and Top Dog. Rain Man gave up Josh Jacobs, a 6th round pick and a ninth round pick. In exchange from Top Dog, he got Raheem Mostert, a 2nd round pick and an 11th round pick. Wow. Very interesting trade to me. I find it's always very hard to try to analyze trades at this time because there's so much uncertainty uh, with every team and what they're going to look like next year. Um, Jacobs, to me, is a keeper. If he does end up getting arrested, which I've been told by uh, Rain Man that he will not be arrested because there was no breathalyzer at the scene. So even though he admitted to the police that he was drinking alcohol, fell asleep behind the car, crashed his car, and uh, injured himself so bad he had to go to the hospital and get stitches, a DUI is not impending. So if that is true, which clearly it must be, um, top Dog has done himself a good job here to get himself a solid top-end running back keeper for the mere price of a second, an 11th. And actually, he's getting a ninth for the 11th, so he actually upgrades two rounds there. And the second for a sixth with Mostert and Jacobs. I think that's a, a very good move by Top Dog with how things stand right now. However, if Jacobs does get arrested, does get suspended two to three games... And God forbid they go and sign somebody like, I don't know, Aaron Jones or even uh, James Conner to maybe pick up some of the slack, help keep Jacobs fresh, not have to put so much of the workload on him. Could end up being not such a good trade. But if it, like I said, if he doesn't get suspended, 
Good move for you, Top Dog. I approve of this trade. And for you, Rain Man, I have no problem with it either because if he gets suspended, that's a fantastic move for you to trade a guy who's going to miss three games of the season and still cop a second rounder out of it. I approve on both sides for now. Only time will tell how this trade will work out. That is our first trade update of the offseason. Um... Let me get in a quick word from our sponsors here before we end up getting into our tight end one breakdown. Our Brown Gas Services, helping customers in the GTA and surrounding area with all their new natural gas installations. Utilizing over 15 years of experience in the trade to make every job run as smooth as possible, no matter the size. Feel free to call or text to arrange a free quote. The number is 416-357-9323. The number again is area code 416-357-9323. like to thank our sponsors. Always appreciate any uh, support we can get here at Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. Uh, let me just remind all our viewers on YouTube to click over to uh, part two of this episode. And uh, then I'll get into my tight end one breakdown. For everybody listening on Spotify and Anchor, you got nowhere to go. We're going to get into it right now. All right, let's keep the show rolling here with my tight end one breakdown as far as keepers are concerned. Keep in mind, all of these breakdowns so far, that's all they're regarding is keepers. We're not getting into draft strategy, whether they're a first, second, third, fourth, fifth rounder, where they're all breaking down. All we're trying to determine right now are the top 36 guys that should, should be kept as keepers. So uh, this one's going to be a little shorter than our running back and quarterback breakdowns. Because uh, tight end just clearly is not that deep of a position where keepers are warranted. Which makes the keepers that we do have at the tight end position that much more valuable. So, as I start with all my breakdowns, what are we looking for here? Points. That's right. So, uh, I've only gone over the last three years. 2020, 2019, and 2018. Um, because I felt that was all that was necessary to achieve today's goal of trying to determine who our tight end keepers are. So, for 2020, who was the points leader? That's right. The same guy it's been for five straight years, Travis Kelsey. Absolute stud. This year, he scored 261 points. Number two on the list, Darren Waller, 226. And then a huge drop-off to number three, Robert Tunyon with 116. So, there was a 110-point gap between second and third. Looks like a tier to me. If you guys watch my other episodes, you know I don't necessarily talk about positioning. It's all about the tiers and where the fall-offs happen. So this year we see 261, 226, 116 down to Robert Tunyon. Number four, Mike Gusecki, 112. Logan Thomas at 112. Mark Andrews, 108. TJ Hawkinson, 107. Grunk, 99. George Kittle, 96. Jonu Smith, 94, Jared Cook, 88, and Jimmy Grandpa with 88 rounding out the top 12. So, uh, next thing I like to look at, as we looked at with uh, the quarterbacks, which can be a little misleading sometimes, your points per game type uh, breakdown. So, you have Kelsey at 17.4, Darren Waller at 14.1, Robert Tunyon at 7.2 points per week. He had 116 points. He was tied for the league lead in touchdowns with 11, and he had 116 points. That's 
That's not very good. Basically, we call that tight end or bust. And he's in the same boat as basically everybody else. We'll just whip through it pretty quick because there ain't a lot to look at here. You got Tunyon at 7.2, Gasecki at 7.5, Logan Thomas at 7, Mark Andrews 7.7, TJ Hawkinson 6.7, Gronk 6.2, George Kittle 12 points a game. Hmm. Only played eight games, but still finished as the tight end nine with only two touchdowns on the year. He finished 20 points behind the third-ranked tight end, Robert Tunyon, and had nine less touchdowns and played eight less games, and he was 20 points behind him. Looks to me that George Kittle still belongs in that elite tier of tight end keepers. Johnny Smith, 6.3. Jared Cook, 5.9. Jimmy Grandpa, 5.5. So the only three that were averaging over 7.7 points per game, Kittle with 12, Waller with 14.1, and Travis Kelsey with 17.4. Let's look at last year's point totals and average points per game. We have Travis Kelsey, 191. As we can see, 70 points less than what he had this year. He actually would have scored third because even Darren Waller this year had more than Kelsey had leading the league last year. So last year, 2019, Travis Kelsey, 191. Darren Waller, 166. George Kittle, 155. Andrews, 150. Ertz, 148. Hooper, 134. Cook, 118. Higby, 115. Hunter Henry, 100. Goddard, 90. Gasecki, 80. Evan Ingram, 74. So we see last year, there wasn't as big of a gap between the upper tier and the lower tier um there was from first place kelsey all the way down to fifth place Ertz. there was less than a 50 point difference it was a 43 point difference well this year there was almost that big of a difference between waller and kelsey let alone the 150 point difference that he had between robert tunyon and kelsey so um same thing with the points per game last year it was a lot more even and didn't have as big of a advantage when you had those upper tier tight ends last year. Kelsey averaged 11.9, Waller 10.4, Kittle 11.1, Andrews 10, Ertz 9.9, Hooper 10.3, Cook 8.4, Higby 7.7, Henry 8.3, Godare 6, Gasecki 5, and Evan Ingram with 9.2. 9.2? That was uh, actually a little better than what his 12th place finish was, but that's also because Evan Ingram only played eight games last year. And as we see, he didn't do much better this year, not cracking the top 12. So let's just jump back to 2018, see how we did. Travis Kelsey leading the way, 236. Zach Ertz with 225. George Kittle with 203. Eric Ebron, 165. Jared Cook, 152. Nice little drop down now. Hooper with 97, Burton 95, Burton, I remember that one, Gronk with 93, Rudolph with 92, not the one we hit in the head with helmets, the other one, the tight end, David Njoku with 85, OJ Howard with 82, and the ever popular Vance McDonald with 82. So we'll whip through their points per game. We got Kelsey at 14.8, Ertz at 14.1, a little bit of a drop down to Kittle at 12.7. Another sizable drop down of almost two and a half points a game. 
When you uh, extrapolate that over 16 games, that's almost 50 points you're gaining from Kittle at 12.7 to fourth, Eric Ebron at 10.3. And you got Cook at 9.5, Hooper 6.1, Burton 5.9, Gronk 7.2, Rudolph 5.8, Njoku 5.3, OJ Howard 8.2, and Vance McDonald 5.5. Once again, we had one of those guys who is a little bit down on the list. O.J. Howard at 11, uh, averaging 8.2 points per game, which should put him up in around the tight end six, but he did only play 10 games. How did he rebound the next year? He didn't. He was not in the top 12, and that was a year when his quarterback threw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions and finished as the QB1 in our pool. So, Howard, not so good. Um... I think you guys can probably get an idea of where I'm heading with this tight end breakdown. There's three guys kind of to look at here. But before, before I seal the deal and let you know what I think, I just wanted to take a quick little look at touchdown score. Because, you know, I like my fantasy points, but I also like finding out where these fantasy points come from and how much they mean or don't mean. And I don't think the touchdowns for tight ends really mean that much. Sounds a little different than what I said about running backs, quarterbacks, but let's listen and find out why I've come to this conclusion. So this year you had Kelsey with 11 TDs, Tunyon with 11 TDs, Waller with nine, Jonu and Jimmy Grandpa both with eight, Cook, Gronk, and Andrews all with seven, Gusecki, Logan Thomas, TJ Hawkinson all with six. The only one in the top 12 that didn't have at least six touchdowns was my man George Kittle with two. So 11 of the top 12 scoring guys had at least six touchdowns. Okay, what does that tell us? Let's look at years past. Out of the top 12, how many of them had at least six touchdowns last year? Four. Hmm. So tight ends were scoring at a much higher rate this year as far as number of touchdowns. But when you compare points, the third place this year was Tunyon at 116. That would have put him only eighth last year. And that's with guys... Scoring five touchdowns, three touchdowns, six touchdowns, and Tunyon had 11. So last year, there was less touchdown scoring, but a more even distribution of the points and less gaps between our tiers. Um, like I said, this year, 11 of 12 guys had six or more, with our top two tied at 11. Last year, only four of 12 had six or more. That was Jared Cook with nine, who finished as tight end seven. Mark Andrews, who had 10 finished as tight end four. And then Ertz and Hooper was six apiece, finishing at five and six. So our tight end leaders finished fourth, seventh, fifth, and sixth. Our top three, Kelsey had five, Kittle had five, Waller had three, and they were still the top three tight ends. Let's go back one more year, 2018. Uh, touchdown leaders. Or uh, how many in the top 12 had six or more touchdowns? There was five two years ago. Our leader was Kelsey with 10. No, sorry. Ebron was our leader with 13, and he finished fourth, averaging almost five points less per game than Kelsey, four points less per game than Ertz, and he scored five more touchdowns than Ertz. So this is why it's telling me that tight end touchdowns are not as sure of a telltale sign as how they end up working out with other positions. So in summary, our tight end keepers... There's only three guys that are worthy of being kept. And in my opinion, it'd be probably pretty insane for not all of them to be kept because of the positional advantage they're going to give you over everybody else. 
whether you're talking Tunyons, Kittles, Andrews, Thomases, whoever, you're going to be looking at probably somewhere between five to seven points less per week extrapolated over a full season. You're looking at 75 to 100 points possibly by having one of these top three guys. So Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller, all should be kept. No thoughts about it. That's my tight end one breakdown. All right. Um, this week's going to be a little bit shorter. We're working with a little bit of a sore throat after uh, Sunday's crazy football game with my Browns and the Chiefs. Browns not coming out on the winning end this time, but we can live with that. Let me just uh, thank everybody again for uh, tuning in. If you guys want to send any comments, questions, suggestions, the email again, Dynasty Breakdown with Cash at Outlook.com. And uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button or click the bell to make sure you get notified uh, anytime I drop a new episode. Uh, let me finish today's episode with today's thought of the day. Winning isn't everything. The effort. Making the effort to win is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in for another episode of Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. Trying to smooth everything out here and uh, get better moving forward for everybody. So I look forward to those emails coming in. And um, hopefully you all come back and check me out again sometime. Stay safe, everybody.